0: Well, well, well. If it isn't a Tuesday episode of All Canadian. Uh, shout out off the hop Monday Night Football, Dean Leonard. Uh, oh, what a play! What a play! You know what? I want to say what a play from the other gunner that was not Dean, because he he engaged the blocker, the blocker and just benched him, benched the blocker into the return man. I thought no way that stands. Like I thought they're going to say a hundred percent return like interference on the returner, because it was like the the bench by the gunner that caused all this to happen but But he was flying down from the field side (laughs) he got there so
1: fast yeah that dude is so fast he's one of those guys too that just doesn't look fast either like he's running and you're like oh he's not moving and then he's like down the field in like four seconds (laughs) and you're like oh geez no he's moving moving uh, but like, I don't like, know, like, benching, uh, benching the blocker, though, is that not essentially the same thing as like benching alignment into the quarterback
0: for a sack? Like, Yeah, but it's different when it comes to interference. But then they're like, oh, well, it was but it's not, the contact I contact like, engaged by the, yeah. def, uh, by the return team. You yourself like,
1: didn't hmm. interfere. You just made a great block that f-
0: screwed up before I swear that screwed up the design of an offensive play. Um, but no, I big play by Dean Leonard. Looked like in the locker room afterwards that Derwin James was one of the guys that was like hyping him, really hyping him up. So uh, it's good to see, good to see. Derwin James a freak. I did you see the the plus one sack that he had? Honestly, man, I fell asleep so early last <laughs> night. Like you know I what? tried to stay up for the after, game after after the first quarter. I don't blame you. Russell Wilson was cooking up a feast, going five of third or five of eighteen. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to your tweet. That had me on the floor, man. I sat on that photo for a week. I randomly <laughs> saw it on Twitter. I was telling my buddy, I saw it and was like, yeah, this is, this is 100% a Russ Cook tweet. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but let's get into the U-Sports weekend. Uh, here you go, guys. If you missed the OUA recap, you guys can listen to that right here. We will get back and go through the other conferences in just a moment.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. We are back. Another weekend recap. Ways and Canada. Connor O'Neill. Oh, man. <laughs> great games in the OUA this weekend, dude.
0: You're Ottawa GG's, Connor. I'm going to say it. they're the number two team in the conference. And at next week, moment, I agree. Next week, they have a chance to say, hey, uh, we would like to take a claim at the number one spot. Uh, we will get there later in the week. But we're going to start with Laurier Guelph because this one was a uh, ground game non-stop the laurier golden hawks 280 yards on the ground uh between quinton scott and Taryn Adams had 48 carries
1: yeah i mean that makes taylor gersma's day a little bit easier when he doesn't really have to do a whole lot just turn around and hand the rock off to two guys that are going to go for over 200 yards was a, It was a great display of effective running from the laurier golden hawks Algirzma with the two, two INTs on the day, but I think the run game really, really bailed him out. And I mean, despite those two interceptions, he still had 200 yards through the air while his running backs were putting up almost three on the
0: ground. Yeah. I mean, listen to this though, with Taylor Algirzma, three incompletions. Two of those were INTs. Two of them were INTs. So the ball did not touch the ground much for the Laurier Golden Hawks. Uh, Ben McAlpine, of course, 92 yards and a touchdown. Uh, For Guelph, though, we saw some kind of a passing attack, Connor. Jake Helfrich, 16 of 23 for 202 and two touchdowns.
1: I was very impressed with Guelph in this one. This was by far heads and tails, the best that I have seen Guelph looking this season. And that's not to be rude. That's not to be mean. But like, this was a damn good display of football from the Guelph Griffins, especially from Jake Helfrich. Took care of the ball, worked it downfield efficiently, over 200 yards passing, Two touchdowns, so they're getting into the red zone. They're scoring in the red zone, which is what I love to see. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, specifically at the quarterback position, I think that's been both of our gripe this year with Guelph. But Mm -hmm. Helfrich in this one, clap it up, half to because this was a good good game from the Guelph offense. Uh,
0: So for Guelph, though, Harrison Baguiogo, 29-yard pick six before the half, made this game uh, 17-14 for the Griffins. Connor, from that point until the two minute mark of the fourth quarter, it went Laurier, 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 Laurier. It was a flurry in the early fourth quarter and late third of Laurier Golden Hawk points. Uh, they put up 24 in the second half.
1: Yeah. And I mean, despite the day from Brandon Farrago for the Guelph Griffins defense, one dude cannot stop a 24 point effort from an entire offense. But I I will say 13 and a half tackles by himself. Come on.
0: Yeah. And let's, uh, let's move now to the Carlton Ravens. They had their pink day, their senior day. Uh, So congratulations to all of the graduating players from the Ravens. Uh, 36, 18 went over the Waterloo warriors. Connor. We talked about this aspect before. Nolan Caban. Can he limit turnovers? I'll read you the stat line with anticipation, okay? (laughs) 23 of 44. Very nice. Just over 50%. 313 yards. Hey, big plus. He had a rushing touchdown. There we go. But hit me with the butt. Three interceptions. Oh, uh, no. For In all honesty, that that changes the game, right? It does. <clears throat> and, and for the Carlton Ravens, I mean, Taron DeYoung, no turnovers. They didn't fumble the ball at all. So they kept the ball, uh, ball in their own hands and just attacked, attacked, attacked. Yeah, they certainly
1: did. And, and Tanner on senior day, I mean, he got some, got some help from the likes of Cassian Ferdinand, who had 10 receptions for 100 yards, averaging 10 yards per reception and a touchdown in the game. Uh, Tanner was up near 300 yards passing in this one. But, yeah, I mean, those those turnovers, like you said from from Nolan from Nolan Caban, really decided the game in this one for me. And I mean, I know that we've seen a lot of flashes, a lot of things that we really like, but certainly those turnovers need to be reined in. And I think those are just rookie mistakes that will get ironed out as you know, as he continues to grow, as he continues to progress in this one. But uh, another guy that I really would like to talk about in this one, on the defensive side of the ball for the Carlton Ravens, who was an absolute force in this one. We saw it at the start of the year in their season opener, but Shaheem Charles-Brown, five solo tackles, two sacks in this
0: game, and was an absolute menace on the field for the Carlton defense. I mean, yeah, he's been very quiet since that opening day performance, but he's still a force to be reckoned with uh, in the black and white. Connor, that puts Carlton above five hundred. They are 4-3 and heading into the final week of their season, uh, they can cement themselves as a top, and get a home playoff game, I believe. We'll go through the standings at the end of the episode, but let's t- turn to the only undefeated team in the OUA, the Western Mustangs. And Connor, they played Windsor yesterday. It was 50-18. to 18. Uh, The game was 18-25. to 25 After uh, Windsor scored a touchdown to close out the third quarter, and then Western decided, okay, enough games. <laughs> Evan Hillock touchdown, team safety, Savon Magnet-Jones touchdown, Edwin Adi touchdown, and another safety to close out the effort. Uh, we talked about Evan Hillock having to turn it on this week, Connor. 17 completions, 299, two touchdowns. And a 14-yard touchdown run. Crown him. He was on fire.
1: Crown him. He Right now... Before the season ends, right now, as of right now, Evan Hillock is my OUA MVP. I think he might be yours as well. But as of right now, Evan Hillock, I think, has cemented himself as a frontrunner for the OUA MVP and
0: a front runner for the Heck Creighton as well. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to him, Arnaud Desjardins from Laval, who, as we record this, is currently curb-stomping the Montreal Caribbean. But that's a different conference, so we um, won't get there. And also Mason Nias nice with the Saskatchewan Huskies. Um, but that's, that's kind of the big three right now for me in the Crichton race. Evan Hillock has every claim to that award, except for the fact that he shares the backfield with Keon Edwards and Edwin Naughty, who, Connor, Edwin Adi, they only combined for 200 yards. Only, only this game. And that was after Keon, Keon had 144 and Edwin Adi added 53. I know I'm like three yards shy of 200. Sue me. Yeah, Still had three is, touchdowns in the game as well. Um, but yeah, and that's, that's where this team is so dominant is Heaven Hillock only had to throw the ball 25 times, completed 17 of them, and they put a 50-burger up. That, to me, is the ultimate
1: compliment to a quarterback, right? I mean, you have a great ground game. Your court, you, as a quarterback yourself, are an incredible talent, but you just don't need to be used. But when you are used you're still effective, you're still efficient, and you're making plays. And that's exactly what Evan Hillock has done all season this year. I think that like the knock on him for a Hacker for an OUA MVP is going to be his backfield, which as a team, that's not a bad thing at all. But I don't think it should be a knock. I really don't because he is just so effective, so efficient with the ball. But the thing that I think really set Western apart from, from Windsor in this one was clock management and how they were able to just control the game with the run game while still being effective,
0: taking those shots and making plays through the air. Connor, don't look now the battle for the interceptions title in new sports between Daniel Valenti and teammate Robert Panabaker took another turn as Valenti had a 42 yard pick, uh, return in the fourth quarter, helping Western pilot on the Windsor Lancers. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see next week's Western against Ottawa. It's a long road trip for the Mustang, but we know ground game and defense travel. So we will lead up to that one later in the week. Uh, but let's talk about your alma mater, Connor, the Ottawa GGs. I would like to start by talking about
1: somebody that we talk about all the time, but we have to do it again because he's forcing our hand here. JP Simikinda, 100-plus rushing yards in the first, not half, in the first quarter. In the first quarter of this game, he was already up over 100 rushing yards.
0: And uh, a big thing to note, did you say the score already, Connor?
1: I didn't. I was too excited talking
0: about JP. 66 to nothing. This game was 40-nothing at halftime. Uh, no Ben Miracle this week for the Ottawa GGs. So they did this with a backup quarterback in Matt Mahler, who put up 166 yards and two touchdowns, and JP Simon came back. I- I was uh, going to say,
1: much like Evan Hillock, he only had <laughs> to throw the ball 17 times. He completed 10 of those and still had almost 200 yards and
0: two touchdowns. And and let's face it, Connor, even if JP didn't play in this game, the Ottawa GGs, Amaclair Polk, 13 for 93 and two touchdowns, and Matt Mahler had four for 29 and one touchdown. They still rush the ball as a team very well, yeah. even if you take the workhorse off the load. Yeah,
1: certainly. And I mean, I think that's all credit to coach Nate Taylor. He's done an incredible job coaching up that offense, scheming up that offense this year. And through the air in this game, like running, running game aside, ground game aside, because it looked great, but through the air, still effective. Daniel Odejo, three receptions, 55 yards and touchdown. Tristan Park, two receptions, 47 yards and a touchdown. And with Claire Polk, we're going to talk about it again. One reception, 40 yards. So they were chunking plays down the field, taking advantage of the York
0: secondary. And finding ways to exploit it. And uh, the play of the game for this one, Connor Nathan Walker had his punt blocked by Max Charbonneau. Uh, they had it returned fifty-seven yards for a touchdown on them. So the Ottawa GGS piled it on in all three phases of the game. Uh, it was great to see them get some other guys in. I know Braden Krugie. Uh, we're both Kingston guys. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be brought up. But uh, Braden Krooge had an interception as well. Uh, second or third year linebacker for the Gigi. So it's going to be, I, I mean, I can't
1: help but kind of look forward to next week a little bit. I mean, that Western Ottawa matchup is going to be so pivotal for the playoff standing. But I mean, just from a fan perspective, I absolutely cannot wait to see these two monsters go head to head.
0: All right. We've got one other game, Connor. A low scoring affair, but... An equally important game because McMaster Marauders are now two and four. The Queens Gales are now five and one. And that was after Queens won 14 to 10 on a big nine point fourth quarter.
1: I was going to say it really came down to the fourth quarter in this one.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. It was really- five four at half, Connor. You want to talk about baseball, baseball playoffs. Baseball game, man. <laughs> we had the Phillies score more runs in their series against the Braves than I believe both of these teams combined for. So what was it? 8-2, 8-1, and 7-1 in their three wins. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, But no, let's talk about this. Because we've talked about how uh, Queens kind of bit the injury bug recently without Alex Greek having to come in. Uh, Meanwhile, Mac, they've got their dudes. They've got their guys. And... They just have not really established the run.
1: No, they really haven't yet this season. And I think that's absolutely highlighted by the fact that, you know, your quarterback who, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there are plenty of quarterbacks across the league that can run and will run and have shown to run. But I mean, as far as we're concerned, Andreas Dweck is mobile, but in the pocket, right? Like he's not one of these guys that you want to get out in open space and try to make plays with because he's (laughs) more effective with his arm. But in this game, he had 22 yards. The leading back Daniel Boston had 26 and Dweck was the, the lone guy who scored the rushing touchdown for Mac in this one. So he really was the do all guy for McMaster in this game. And he has been all
0: season. All right. On the other side, Alex freaking and I guess this is his third game uh, without James Keenan at the helm for the Queens Gales. Freakin has shown some poise. Scott Brady runs such a complex and multiple scheme. Uh, Young quarterback got kind of confused, I'd say. Nine of 25, yards, one pick. Did have the rushing touchdown at the start of the fourth quarter uh, to put them up 12 10. But this is a lot of back and forth punts here from the Queen scales. 11 total in the game.
1: Yeah, and I, I think my thing, to just to circle back to, to Alex Breakin quickly, like I think my thing here with Vriken was the same thing that we said about Nolan Caban when we saw him have his kind of down game after those first two really good starts. But I think, again, this is just a young quarterback figuring out a complex system. Like you said, Uh, I don't think this is going to be a norm for Vreakin, but it it certainly was a feeling out game for him. But yeah, tons
0: of back and forth in the kicking game. Before Queens, if you have James Keenan possibly leaving at the end of this year, as we know, he's entering into the CFL draft, he could be gone. It's a real possibility now that Canadian quarterback's sticking on CFL rosters. These are the kind of games and reps that Alex Vreken gets that are going to play out so much better for him in the long stretch, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And these are games that he's going to look at, learn from, watch the tape because he's a very cerebral guy. He's a very hard worker. But this is a game that I I fully expect him to learn from, move on. I'm not sure if we see another 9 of 25 game from Vreken again.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if we do, but Connor. We've got some OUA standings to be looked at. Uh, of course, Western at the top. Queens and Ottawa currently tied with one loss apiece. Uh, Queens holds the head-to-head in that one. Laurier at five and two. Uh, Laurier-Queens play next week, Connor, and Ottawa-Western play next week. So kudos to the schedule makers for giving us two top four matchups. Uh, Carleton four and three. Windsor and Toronto tied at three and four. So currently, those are... The playoff teams. Uh all seven. So Toronto would face Queens, Windsor, Ottawa, Carlton, Laurier. Uh, that would be your first round currently of the OUA playoffs. It's definitely got to change from here to next, the end of next week, as we have a lot of these teams playing one another. McMaster also just sitting on the bubble at two and five. They play the Toronto Varsity Blues Connor. So if Toronto wins, they are in. Yep. If Mac wins and they, and Windsor loses their game, and they go into that three-way tie, it actually goes to first, if all of the teams have played another and one team swept the other two, they'll get put above. But if one of the teams did not meet, they can't look at that. So they end up looking at points for and points against. So for the OUA purposes, this week is a ton of different moving pieces. We are going to try and sift and sort out all of the playoff scenarios as we do our preview uh, later on this week. So... Three games to really watch. Toronto Mac, Queens-Laurier, Ottawa Western. But you guys know that there's going to be a ton of action no matter which game you select. Uh, so for Connor and I, if you guys want to go back and watch it, the games from last week, oua.tv, free to sign up. Watch live and on demand any sport anywhere. Just sign up with your email. For Connor and I, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill, at CF Perspective. See you guys later. All right, welcome back. If you guys want to go and check out those games, you guys know where to find them. OUA TV, we just mentioned this as well. Uh, free to sign up any game, live and on demand. You can get other sports too. So if you want to check out like the soccer games, or since we're getting into U Sports, volleyball, basketball, and hockey season, rugby playoffs coming up as well. Rugby playoffs are on, I believe, already. So uh, watch out for the Queen's Gales in women's rugby. Uh, they are <laughs> damn enforced. good. Uh, but you guys can head to OUATV, check out all those games. Uh, Connor and I, though, we're going to go through the U Sports weekend before we get into some of the pressing topics, because I have a couple not nice things to say about a certain team. And I'm
1: going to defend it. But let's stay in the RSEQ, because history was made. Wade, your you said it off the top to me. My. Your LaValry. My. I think I messaged you before we get into the news, but I messaged you this weekend and I was like, my absolute favorite thing about doing this is that we get to bandwagon teams every
0: single year. No repercussions. (laughs) Well, I mean, what was it last? You always have your caravan for draft season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had Calgary because Pat was playing out there, right? Yep. And then... uh, The Adam Vance train with Concordia. Adam Vance, yeah. And then we have Ride the Bus with X. Ride the Bus. The bus was moving this weekend. I, we're I gonna, think we're, we're going to get to that in a second.
1: I think, like in the OUA, like collectively outside of our respective schools, like we're on the Laurier bandwagon. I would say that was our OUA bandwagon this year. Yeah, every year because Michael Fall is just such a nice guy. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's tough, man. Every time we talk to a coach or a player mm-hmm. or whatever in the OUA, we like I always come out of it and I'm like, oh, that
0: guy's just a dude, way too nice. <laughs> I know it's uh, it's so hard to to not support some of these teams and coaches Uh, but Connor let's go to this Laval game because like you mentioned history was made Glenn Constantine with the win in the 49th matchup between the Carabay and the Laval Rouge or becomes the all-time winningest coach in U sports football 197 of those bad boys and guess what I don't want to face him if I'm a team in the (laughs) U Sports semifinals.
1: Whoever wins the dumping twenty-two to not after dumping Montreal twenty-two to three, I don't. (laughs)
0: Uh, But no, like let's let's look at the. I can't get any of the box scores off U Sports right now. No, neither can I. Uh, Site must be down. But (laughs) let's talk about that because. The Laval, Rougie, or Connor are my pick to win the Dunsmore cup. I came in and said this, what three, four weeks ago. I've been riding the train since. Uh, I'm confirmed now because not only is Laval going to get home field advantage since they have the point differential in the head to head matchup against Montreal. uh, They're going to be in a 20,000 person home field advantage. They had 18 for this game. For the playoffs, it's going to be far more. Yeah,
1: I mean, as much as we love to talk about the environment of the Montreal Caravan and how much it is, how much of a hassle it is to play there, I mean, when you're playing in front of 20,000 passionate Rouget Or fans, that is a entirely different beat. Like, these are the same fans that were buying up tickets in the Vanier Cup so that Queens couldn't
0: go back in 2009. And the same fans that... We're buying up tickets so that Montreal fans couldn't attend in 2019. And the same fans that gave up their parent section for the Calgary parents saying, you guys need to be here so that you beat them. And like, I'm not remember, ripping on them.
1: I am totally for this. They
0: have a passionate fan base and I love it. I remember uh in 2019, there was a, like, of course we're wearing red, right? With Calgary dinos, red and black, all of us decked out um, Laval fans, like, 60 plus year old men were coming up being like, Go dinos today, go dinos, you guys need to win. And we're just like, Yeah, yeah, yeah screw dinos. Montreal, <laughs> screw Montreal, man. <laughs> I don't like Danny Majoja either. <laughs> um, but no, Carnor, like even Kevin Mattel's touchdown, like the whole end zone is filled, right? He's just running down, giving high fives to people. Um the hi- the Heck Crichton, I almost said the Heisman, the Heck Crichton, uh, the Canadian Heisman, I guess. This race is way tighter than people are going to admit. Arnaud yeah. Desjardins, Connor, I, you know what? The last couple of weeks, I think he's kind of vaulted himself into the number one spot.
1: Really? You think Arnaud Desjardins is is the heck right in front runner right now? Over
0: Mason Nias, over Evan Hillock. Okay, so over Mason for this reason. In okay. the toughest games of the year, Arnaud Desjardins has put up numbers. They just buried... Probably the fourth or fifth best team in the country in Montreal. Yep, agreed. And he threw for 334 yards and two touchdowns, which is
1: absurd. Like, that is absurd. But can I make a not a counter argument, but like a devil's advocate thing here? Nias is doing similar things in
0: a tougher conference. Yes, but when he plays the the tougher, but when he plays the tougher competition. Desjardins is is stepping up no
1: I I agree I just I want to look yeah I just I like I'm I guess I just wanted to step back and be like okay like sure he's putting up insane numbers but it's McGill it's Concordia Sherbrooke's better this year but it's Sherbrooke whereas you know Nias is doing it against a very good Regina team a very good Manitoba team like I don't know like I I love the argument for Desjardins because (laughs) Laval looks like the team that's going to go well, that's going to come out
0: of the Dunsmore. Probably going to go to the Vanier this year. Mm. Uh, well, here's the interesting thing for me is Laval has to match up with the Yates Cup winner. So if we get upset, say we get an upset from Western Ottawa, your Ottawa GGS claim their first Yates Cup in a long time. I'd have a hard all time sudden, picking Ottawa in that Laval Ottawa game. All of a sudden, they've got to host Laval. That's I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude to the Ottawa GGs. That's going to be a you know what kicking. It's, I mean, history tells me it's very
1: hard to argue, but outside of the actual like head-to-head matchup of the teams, could you imagine an Ottawa Laval um what would it be? Semi-final. I'll just call it the semifinal. I don't know which bowl it would be, but an Ottawa Laval semifinal at T D,
0: that would not be a hard travel for no, it Val would be is. a Laval it would be a Laval home crowd, Connor. It it panda two 0. Don't don't forget, the so the year that Queens won the Yates Cup and They traveled them, to Kingston. The Laval fan base, yeah, they traveled to Kingston and filled up half the seats at Old Richardson. But uh no, for the Laval, like <laughs> even if they have to travel to Western, there's gonna be a contingent that goes from Quebec City to London. That's like a what 12 hour drive? <laughs> Yeah, it's like six from Kingston. Four, four, four from Kingston? Uh, six from Brockville, and it's five to Quebec City. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's like we're looking at 11, 12 hours with traffic. They're going to travel.
1: <laughs> they do every year.
0: <laughs> but I, I think when we're talking about Nice and Deja Connor, <clears throat> the two of them have separated above Hillock and Bussy. I don't think Evan Hillock... Any like by his own merit is moving himself away from that top two. I just think that the fact that they have Wanati and Edwards constantly going for 200 between them uh, really detracts from his chances at winning the Heck Crichton. Yeah. I don't know. I like for me, there's still a
1: little bit of, I don't know, maybe I'm just like OUA being OUA biased here, but like I just think this year with, with what Hillock is doing. With the amount that he's been asked to throw, which hasn't been much, is super impressive to me. I mean, he's still like top five in yards, number one or number two now, I guess, in in touchdowns. Um but yeah, I mean, the things he's doing are insane. And he's playing in the same backfield as as Winati and Edwards. Um, I think he'll be talked about, but
0: I, I think I'm starting to lean with you. I don't know if he's gonna win it. Uh let's move on to the other RSAT game, Connor. Uh 50-burger from McGill over Sherbrooke. This is a big one to me because Sherbrooke has been touted for their great defense this season. And all of a sudden, the winless McGill Redbirds go out and put a 50-burger on you? I'm sorry. They must have been looking ahead at next week or something. Because next week they are playing the Carabay. And if they somehow topple U to M, there would have been a chance at them being a, a two-seed and hosting playoff game, um, but they got caught. Trap game. Trap game. McGill trap
1: game. I mean, yeah, it kind of what it feels like, but I mean, shout out to McGill not not having to win this season. You go up, toss 50 points on one of these teams that's supposedly the the up-and-coming team in the RSEC right now, and I, th- I think they still are, Not to not to be disrespectful with that comment, but like, yeah, maybe Sherbrooke was looking ahead. I don't know, but 50 points by the McGill Redbirds.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk Can West here. We had Battle of Alberta go the exact opposite way of everyone else. Uh, yeah. Uh, we both picked Alberta, let's be honest. But here's the thing, Connor Daniel Sananas. 317 yards, Uh, two touchdowns, two picks as well. Um, But the Calgary offense finally got their footing in the past game.
1: (laughs) Yes, they did, man. And they did it in a big way. 24 points over Alberta. This one, I mean, like I didn't honestly, I didn't see too, too much of it, but the clips, the highlights that I did see were red, white and yellow.
0: No, I, I, I'm, it's tough, right? Because, uh, Eli Hetlinger did not play for the Alberta golden bears. So they're starting quarterback, their best player offensively, uh, out. And it creates a long game for the defense. Uh, so let's move on. UBC hosting the Manitoba Bisons. We kind of talked about this, uh, last week in our gambling odds about how UBC is a tough place to travel and play, uh, And they held up for Manitoba. Manitoba made a comeback, though. They did. They scored uh, two touchdowns in the last four minutes to make it 27-21. Yeah, they're Uh, down 21-7 at the half. Yeah, so they... uh, Yeah, they were down 27-8 going into the final quarter. Yeah. (laughs) And, I mean, once they they did make it, uh, they... They had to salt some clock after for a minute, thirty-nine. Uh but I will say that for the UBC T Birds, three and three, they could be a pain to someone in that first round. Yeah, they certainly could. And Rooker, I think the, Knight
1: I was gonna say the way own. they're gonna do it is on the ground, because if you look at what Rooker and Knight did this week, <laughs> 122 for Isaiah Knight. 49 and a touchdown for Garrett Rooker. Garrett Rooker, 14 completions, 182 yards, and another touchdown. I mean, geez, dude.
0: Yeah, this team I think is like they're gonna I think a, they're gonna shock somebody in the playoffs. Yeah, so as of right now, I believe, I believe that they will actually get to host. So as of right now, they have to travel to the Regina Rams. But Connor, if they go out. And they gotta play Saskatchewan next, but if they somehow shock Saskatchewan or Calgary shocks Regina, uh, then they've got to face Alberta again. They could go four and four, and Regina could slip and land close to them. I don't think Regina will slip, um, but UBC could somehow rope a home playoff game. That'd be interesting.
1: Yeah, And if they gotta host a home playoff game, Depending on who they're playing, I think that would be my edge, but I don't know, man. That Like you're saying, that's just such a tough, tough place to play, and I'm really liking what the T-Birds are doing this year. Yeah, they're 3-3, three and three, but a lot of hard-fought wins, a lot of growth, and I think they're trending in the right direction. Um, but let's move on, talk about the final game in the Can West this week because, dang, it was a good game. The Saskatchewan Huskies, the Regina Rams, the top two teams in this conference – Uh, The four and two Rams, the six and oh Huskies.
0: Now six and oh, hell yeah. They stay, uh, Uh, they stay six and oh by like the skin of the nose. But (laughs) this one was more of a Saskatchewan game than what we saw the first time these two teams played, where Saskatchewan had to claw back and and get into it. Uh, It was five four or sorry, sorry, it was 12 three for uh, the Regina Rams. And then all of a sudden, Saskatchewan just Bam, 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 bam. Four straight scores, uh, two touchdowns, two field goals. And all of a sudden, they're up 23-20. Or all of a sudden, they're up 23-12. And it was, okay, now defense, do your thing. Yeah, they definitely did. And they did it on the
1: back end of their defense. Three INTs from the Huskies secondary in this game. It was a display. Display of lockdown coverage on the back end. I think They had what four PBUs as well in this one?
0: Uh <laughs> let me let me check. One, two, Four three, PBUs, four, yeah. Four. Uh the bigger thing with me, Connor, and <laughs> the funny, the funny to go back. Uh, side note, Riley Borsma, seven receptions this week, still no touchdowns <laughs> of the year. Uh, <laughs> just getting this man in the end zone. Just someone call him a cheap play. Uh Riker Frank is the big one for me this year, Connor. Uh, Adam Mackert leaves. Josh Wanchina goes down. And Sask is kind of looking at Ted Kabongo, who they transferred in, and Riker Frank, who was the third string running back last year. And they have had their moments together. They have each had individually great games. But this one was all about Riker Frank. Uh, 86 yards on the ground, one touchdown. Another eight receptions for 132 yards receiving. He led the entire game in both categories.
1: Yeah, this was absolutely his ball game. Over over 200 yards total offense. I mean, and a touch, touchdown on the ground. But yeah, I mean, this was absolutely a Riker Frank show. But one guy that I want to shout out in this Saskatchewan Huskies offense is a guy that's been doing it. And I mean, not at, not at this like 132 receiving yard, 86 rushing yard type caliber play, but just consistent chunk plays, hands when you need them. Daniel Perry, dude, I think he's one of my favorite receivers in the Saskatchewan offense.
0: Yeah, he's up there and he certainly has taken that leadership role with Sam Baker uh, and Colton Clausen departing this year. So on that note, Connor, time to talk about the bus. Ride the bus. Thank you, Bus Driver. Let's get on. <laughs> uh, now, the Friday game was St. Mary's uh, at Mount A. St. Mary's hosting Mount A. Uh, SMU won that one 21-13. So the 2-3 the and three and Bishops, uh, they're all kind of mixing around. But the clear-cut favorite out east for the Lonely Bowl, the St. Francis Xavier X-Men. Uh, Malcolm Bussey had himself a day. The bus got rolling, Connor, and did he get rolling? Uh, He doesn't stop. 11 carries, 191 yards, (laughs) and two touchdowns. That's just
1: rude. That is just a rude stat line. Uh, He had a 42-yard
0: rushing touchdown and a 44-yard rushing touchdown, uh, (laughs) which eats up 86 yards out of his total. So he went nine for about 105
1: He was averaging 17.4 yards a carry. What?
0: Nine for 105 without his two
1: long touchdown runs. My goodness. This dude is special. This dude is absolutely special. And I know we're going to circle back to him, but the one guy, another guy I want to talk about here, uh, Silas Faneuil, having a Hillockian performance in this game. 17 completion. No,
0: no, 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 no. You can't can't say that. Evan Hillock doesn't throw picks. Fair enough. Faneuil had two. Faneuil had two a reminiscent of Hillock
1: performance, 17 completions, 242 yards, a long of 60 four touchdown passes. So I think he evened out and plus two on those INTs uh, 22 or 25 yards on the ground. No, no Hillock touchdown in there, but uh, yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of a similar, similar role for, for Faneau in this offense, right? Like good quarterback, very good quarterback. He's proven that he's shown that, but all he has to do is turn around and hand off the ball to a, a running back that's going to average 17.4 yards a carry. Uh
0: can we talk about fullbacks for a second? Because Connor yes, Ross has I 60... love fullbacks. Connor Ross had 60 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns receiving this week. Oh, let's get some
1: H back love into the podcast. This is my favorite position in football. It is uh, my
0: absolute favorite position in football. So Connor Ross. Football guy of the week. Grit player. Just kidding. That's uh, Dustin Hopkins this week. I don't know if you saw the acting performance in the second half, Connor. (sighs) Every kick Dustin Hopkins made in the Monday night football game, he was like falling to the ground afterwards because his hamstring was shot. He was hurting. Uh, (laughs) But let's move on now. Uh, I want to talk about a certain Ottawa GGs. All right. Connor sent me this lovely video of them counting up to the number of total points they scored, uh, this past weekend, 66 points. Fantastic. I love it. You know what? Even Greg Marshall at the university of Toronto did this, uh, his second year when they beat Laurier on the road, the difference was Laurier was nationally ranked at the time and it was an upset. The Ottawa GGs just beat the York lions who are one in seven on the year And the one, they got beat, and then McMaster had to forfeit their games afterwards. So a truly winless York Lions, who I think have scored maybe like 25 points this season. Uh, I love that you're going to count down your, your points. It's great. You beat York. And not just beat York, Connor they did so by keeping players like JP Simon Kinda rushing the ball into the fourth quarter. Uh, correction on my York thing. They have 43 total points this year. So that's 8 games worth, 5 points a game. And you're going to count up to 66 after you kind of ran up the score. I'm sorry. I know it's your Ottawa GGs. I know they're the number two team right now in the OUA. But Connor, it's, it's not the place and time for that. If you beat Western and you have a big game offensively, then sure, yeah, count up your points. But against York, of all teams, come on. I don't I mean, want to say grow up, but <laughs> they're 20-plus-year-old they're players, and their head coach is, I think, over 50. So I can't even say grow up because he's double my age. I'm going to defend it.
1: (laughs) a very biased defense, I guess, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's fine. Yeah, sure. You ran up the score, counting it in the locker room against York. Not a great look, whatever, but I think it's a morale thing. I think it's something that they've done all season long. It's just something that, you know, got put out this week, and they were counting them up because it's the highest, point total they've had this season sure you mm-hmm. earned that you earned all 66 of those points um i i hear you saying about you know doing it against like i don't want to say a lesser quality opponent but a lesser quality opponent um york has not shown to be competitive for years now and i i think not uh, yeah i mean i get what you're saying about uh, counting them up and, and whatever i think this is just more so the first time it actually like got posted and they were excited that they scored. 66 points I mean who
0: wouldn't be um but so the, 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 only, the only other team that has scored 66 points this year is Western over uh Waterloo so you've matched the U-sports total or high this season for a single game
1: and uh yeah so I mean I get that they were excited about that and I, I don't necessarily think they were thinking about oh it was York like when they did it I think they were just like holy oh yes we just dropped a 60 burger here but Uh, My, my other counter that I want to make to like the leaving the starters in and putting up 66 points. If Ottawa goes into this game this weekend at home and beats Western at TD place, there will be a tie break. So those poor points for and points against
0: could come in huge. I I hear you on that. Uh, As we kind of look at this season, Connor, there's a chance that Queens wins. There's a chance that Queens loses, but if, uh, <laughs> if Ottawa was to win and they'd match them, uh, there comes down to some playoff scenarios. And I know we talked about this and you got a message from someone asking about it. Um, there's like a handful of scenarios <laughs> with the, uh, with, the. Uh, Uh, There's a handful of scenarios with the tiebreakers that really complicate things. Um, So if it goes into a three-way tie, points for and points against uh, with common opponents is one of the biggest things. And if they match up with Queens, Queens beat York by that 60 plus marker. So they're going to have to say like, okay, we've gotten Queens on that one. We're at least a second seed. And
1: I mean, like, speaking historically, losing out on a playoff spot on a coin flip, I'd rather get those 66 points and guarantee that nobody
0: has to flip a coin. Uh, you know what? I i hear you. A coin flip is definitely not, like, the best way to go when you're doing that. That um, wasn't the year where you guys got in over Ottawa, was it? N- We never made the playoffs when I was there, Connor. No, it was Queens that made it over Ottawa. I think it was Kyle Sheen's final year. Um, But for these playoff scenarios, like uh, I'm going through it now to pull it back up so we can read through this all for people so they can see the depth that this goes into. Um, Appendix C, here we go. Most league wins. Okay. Record head-to-head competition. So if we get a three-way tie, Western has beat Queens, in this theoretical scenario, Queens will have beaten Ottawa and Ottawa will have beaten Western. So one beats two, beats two, beats three, beats three, beats one. There we go. Following? Yes? <laughs> <laughs> For everybody at home, you count along. Point difference in head-to-head competition. Uh, Ottawa-Queens, I think, was five-point difference. Queens-Western ended up being uh, double digits. So Ottawa would have to match and kind of pull that ahead. If that all works out to be the same record games within the division. Okay. We don't have divisions, so it doesn't matter. Record in games against common opponents. If a team is eliminated from a tiebreaker, they'll be batted, added back into the common opponent section. Record in games against each of the other teams in divisions, starting at the top of the standings, continuing descending order. So Ottawa having just lost to Queens and, uh, And if they beat West in this theoretical scenario, they're going to match that all out. It'll be all the same. Then it goes to point difference in games within the division or conference for our sake. And then point difference in games against common opponents. So you're right. That point differential, Connor, if we get that they all have like the same, uh, point differential between the three games of Queens, Western and Ottawa, uh, that's that's the next marker that they're gonna skip down to point difference within games in the division.
1: Yeah, which comes in huge, which circles back around to my if you gotta drop sixty, you gotta drop sixty. It might not look good, might not look pretty, but but don't brag
0: about it. That's my No,
1: thing. I I know, I know. I just think drop it was like the 60, first time. Get on the bus on and drive back beauty. to Ottawa. Yeah. I don't know. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. It doesn't look stellar, counting of sixty-six on
0: York, but hey, you earned them. <laughs> if you earned them, you earned them. <laughs> no, nah, I, I don't know. I, For me, that just was not a great look, counting up against York. That's like celebrating. What is it the meme where, like, the guy's cracking a bottle of champagne and celebrating, and then it zooms out and he's, like, 15th on the podium or whatever? Oh, yeah, that's good. That one. was, that was celebrating a 60-point win over York. Same equivalency. <laughs> okay fair enough uh, other news and notes Connor Kevin Mittal scored another touchdown this week uh, <laughs> just kind of passing by uh, but no we'll uh, we'll be back later this week for our gambling for our uh, previews of this week's action as well so make sure you guys stay tuned Marsh and DT are back with the breakdown now their schedules is starting to line up again uh, so definitely check that out on Wednesday as well
1: and just before we go if you do want to get in on any coaching gear that you may need over the remainder of the fall football seasons make sure to go over to fox40shop.com use the code CFP15 at checkout get all your whistle, coaching board, apparel needs over at fox40shop.com again you will get 15% off at checkout using the code CFP15 Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you on Thursday with the OUA preview.